Can you hear me? I could get into this like Britney Spears mode. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Don't worry, Dad, Mom. It's not vodka. <laughs> it's tequila. <clears throat> Maybe one more sip. <laughs> How often have you ever had to say, I think you might have the wrong number? As I look back on my life, I can think of many times when I've had to say this. For instance, when I first heard God call me to a life of cosmetology as I was standing in my classroom, I thought, Jesus, you might have the wrong number. When Janet Daniel actually called me and said that I had been nominated for the vestry, I actually said to her, Janet, I think you have the wrong number. <laughs> when I've looked at my scale or my bank account, I've thought, that is definitely not the right number. <laughs> the theme of this year's Consecration Sunday is, how does God speak to me and through me? And honestly, that's in two ways. One is through scripture, and one is through prayer. Scripture is my go-to advice column. There's no topic, no worry, no issue that God does not have a word for in the Bible. And sometimes that word is simply hope. During the first half of the two-year period that it took me to transition from the classroom to the salon, I had a full-time job teaching. I had a part-time job as a receptionist at a salon. I had a toddler, a husband. They were not the same person, in case you were wondering. Which one was tougher? <laughs> Definitely the bearded one. Although, my eight-year-old's getting close to having a beard. <laughs> and I was pregnant. During the second half, I was going to school full-time, I was still working part-time, I still had a toddler, I still had a husband, and now I had a two-month-old newborn. Those years are hazy in my memory. Those years were lean and exhausting. It was during the first half that I was desperately trying to gather enough money to pay for school since we could not get financial aid because we made too much money. As a last-ditch attempt to get all the finances covered, I did what every kid in crisis did. I called my mom. <laughs> she happily agreed, and I felt like a huge weight had been lifted from my shoulders. Our timeline went from 18 months to 10 months. The next day, she called, and I was immediately concerned that she had changed her mind. Cosmetology had not been her plan for me. However, this was not the case. She was calling to let me know that my aunt, the family spinster, had passed away, and we quickly began discussing the arrangements and everything that goes with a funeral. And at the end of the conversation, she said, well, now you don't have to worry about school. And I was very confused. She went on to explain that the prior year, she had made my sister, myself, and our two cousins the sole beneficiaries on my aunt's estate as she had never married or had kids. Truly, in my mind, I thought the amount was going to be simply a drop in the bucket because she'd had many health problems towards the end of her life. The check arrived about a week later, and it was exactly what I needed to cover school plus $2. <laughs> Jesus was saying to me the same thing that he was saying to the disciples in Matthew 6, 25 through 34, which is, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, 
what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Can any of us, by worrying, add an hour to our life? From the very beginning of that transition period, I had desperately prayed that Jesus make my path so clear I could not ignore it. For me, that check was the skywriter that I needed to prove that I was going in the right direction. And the image of those birds being cared for every day by God became the comfort that I needed in those long and exhausting times. God also speaks to me through prayer. More specifically, God speaks to me through the thoughts that I have during prayer. These thoughts are often words that don't feel like mine, words that at different times have comforted and consoled me, praised and prodded me into new ways of thinking and to actions that need to be taken. I've mentioned that those years were lean and exhausting, and in the few times that we did make it to church, it was often simply to seek peace and comfort. Jason and I uh, would sit in the pew and desperately pray for reassurance that we wouldn't always have just $5 in our bank account. And it was during one of those times that I couldn't get the word manna out of my mind. It had punctuated the end of every thought and it screamed for my attention. I knew what manna was because Halita had been my Sunday school teacher. <laughs> but I didn't really understand its full meaning until I looked the verse up in, in Exodus. And Moses said to them, it's the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need, take an omer for each person in your tent. And then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until the morning. However, the Israelites did not pay attention. And they kept part of it till morning. And in, at that time, it was smelly and full of maggots. So Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed. And when the sun grew hot, it melted away. Our bank account was our manna. We always had enough for today, and we would worry about tomorrow when tomorrow came. And just like the Israelites, our need for manna didn't last forever. And as I began to work more and paychecks became steadier and larger, I heard the Lord in prayer again, but this time he said, pay it forward. In that moment, I knew there would come a time when the Lord would ask me or show me how I was to bless others as I had been blessed. And he did not take long. <laughs> In 2016, Jason and I started attending the well with Rob Harris when he started asking about how we as a ministry might expand the food pantry ministry. His vision was for there to be opportunities around the carriage house on the sidewalks for our friends to receive food, not just for the rest of the week, but for that day and for them to feel welcome and at home here. We talked about a children's story hour, serving breakfast, praying with people as they waited in line, and when he came to me for a suggestion, I opened my mouth and the words, uh, well, I can do haircuts, fell out. <laughs> <laughs> and thus, Sidewalk Saturday was born. 
I've been giving haircuts to our friends at Sidewalk Saturday now for three years, and it was born out of the memory of those tough years when we didn't have any extra to give, but I knew that I could give my time. I know that God is pushing me in the direction of people who need to see him at work in the world. People who are looking for the same small blessings that I was so many years ago. God is compelling me as he compels so many of us to reach behind and pull someone along with us. To extend small blessings without the knowledge of how they'll bloom or grow. How do you see yourself donating? Is it with money or with time? Or with action? How is God speaking to you? Is it through prayer or scripture or people? Whatever the answer is, know that it comes from a place of love and understanding and that God fully comprehends how perfectly designed you are to give whatever it is he is calling you to give. However Jesus is calling you right now, no matter how far outside your comfort zone, know this. It's not a wrong number. Thank you. Amen.